Welcome back, everyone, to the High Tempo Sports Podcast, episode 70 today. It is Saturday morning, day before, or day of uh, divisional round of the NFL playoffs. How are we doing today, Easton? Good. Excited to watch some football today. Yeah, sure. I know. I'm def- I'm super excited. We got Ravens-Bills later tonight. Um, what's the midday game? It's uh, it's the it's not Bucks saints It's the other one. It's Packers? Yeah, I think it, I think it's Packers uh Rams, yeah. I think that's the midday one today. But yeah, we have some NFL football going on today, but today is kind of going to be mainly in uh a basketball episode. Later in the episode we're going to talk about a couple NFL scenarios going on right now, but yeah. So let's hop right into it on the news. The biggest news uh for Detroit Lions fans Brad Holmes has been hired as the new general manager of the Detroit Lions. He was head of college scouting at or with the LA Rams. And I know that this was something that the Lions wanted to target in their GM was someone who's good with college talent. Uh, I know Ed Dodds was a prime candidate for this job. He did kind of a similar role in with the Indianapolis Colts. So, so far, I'm cool with this hire. And I don't know much about it. Yeah. You know, I think with GM, you really only know. When they get there and you start seeing them do moves. Yeah, it's hard exactly. to actually know. But the Lions are just notoriously known for having bad drafts. So mm-hmm. hopefully uh, this can this can help that at least. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> he comes in and fixes it. Yeah, definitely. A uh, couple coaches hires. The big one, Urban Meyer, has agreed to a new deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Ur- we will be talking about a little section with Urban Meyer later in the episode. But, I mean, what do you think about the hiring? I, I like it. Uh, I always like the idea of bringing a college coach in to see if he'll fit the NFL uh, scheme and everything. So, well, I'm excited to see how Urban Meyer translates because he's never coached at the NFL level. I right? don't believe so. I don't no, think he's ever yeah. even been an assistant or anything. No, I, I think he's always been a college guy. So. so, I'm super excited to see what he can do, even though he's an Ohio State guy. Yeah. But it's also nice to see him back coaching, like mm-hmm. health-wise. Cause, yeah, I mean, he was in the he, – he did uh, – College football, he was an analyst. I don't know if it was on CBS or ESPN, but it was kind of weird seeing him in with those crews. So, I mean, it's it's definitely better to see him back in the coaching job. And like I said, we're going to talk about him and the Jacksonville Jaguars a little bit later. Uh, Robert Sala, the, you know, the, the 49ers defensive coordinator, he gets hired with the New York Jets. This one was a heartbreaker because he was the guy who I wanted the most with the mm-hmm. Detroit Lions. Um, but, yeah, I mean, shout out to the Jets for – hopefully solving their coaching problem. Obviously, Adam Gase was not the answer. So <laughs> Yeah, definitely not. And Yeah, I was super exci- excited because I – or disappointed because I really wanted Salah. He was yeah. my guy too because I, I just like the idea of having a Michigan guy yeah. in, in Detroit. And in I want – I mean, I want – I know that Matt Patricia didn't work, but I would still like a defensive coach rather than an offensive coach. And – I would have just liked I would have liked Robert a lot, but it's whatever. I think the Saints tight end coach is like the front runner for the Lions head coaching spot right now, but there still has not been a head coaching hiring for the Lions. So I assume by when by next Wednesday our episode there will be a hiring, but we'll see. And then last, uh the Falcons hired their off their coach, Titans offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, to be the next coach of the Falcons. Which I'm not really sure about because I'm not a huge fan of the Titans' offense. Yeah, <laughs> so just because you don't like Tannehill, though. <laughs> uh yeah, I guess. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So that's pretty much all the the important hirings that have happened in the NFL. And like I said, there's going to be plenty more that we see throughout the week, and definitely by our, this time Wednesday that we will probably have most of the spots filled. 
On to some college basketball news. Michigan State was supposed to play Iowa on Thursday. It was going to be a big game. That game did get postponed due to, uh, like we said, Stephen Izzo and Matty Sisko testing positive for COVID-19. And then Michigan State's game on Sunday versus Indiana also was postponed. So um, State is going to go a while without playing a game, which I really still don't know if it's uh, that it's a good or bad thing. I think it's a bad thing. I, in all I, I think it is, but you look at like Michigan, you know, they had like a week break in between mm-hmm. This Wisconsin game, and then they came out and killed Wisconsin. So yeah, uh, when does Wisconsin, was Michigan play Minnesota today? Today, right? Yeah, they play today at like two o'clock, I think. Oh baby, two or three. Yeah, that's gonna be a, a really good game. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited for that. Like super excited to watch Michigan because watching Michigan. And if know, they win, I mean they're gonna they're gonna move up big time. And oh, they'll, they'll, if they lose, they'll still be top ten. But I really don't see them losing. Yeah, I really don't. I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. Last thing on the news, the NBA has fined Kyrie Irving 50K uh, for violating the health and safety protocols. Yeah, I mean, that's and pretty he's much he's also it. losing all the money from missing the game. Yeah, but, I mean, that's not really a fine. That's just he's just not going to get that money. So, yeah, so, yeah uh, let's let's get on to our first topic of the day. And this one um, is going to be a, a long one. You know, obviously, James Harden got traded to the Brooklyn Nets in a huge deal. Uh, we... Got our live reactions of it last week, and it was super awesome. Like, Mm -hmm. I was so happy that that happened. And we talked about the trade a little bit, but now that it's been a couple days since the trade, obviously we haven't seen anybody with their new teams yet. But, I mean, now we can really react to the trade and think who won. So the first thing I want to talk about is the package that the Rockets got for James Harden. What, What is your opinion on the package? I think it was the second best package they they. That I liked. I, there's a package I would have preferred, and that's any package involving Ben Simmons. Because mm-hmm. you said it yourself, they're hoping to get a Ben Simmons esque player with those eight draft picks. Yeah, just hoping when they could have just gotten him straight up. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ben Simmons is what twenty three. Yeah, twenty three or four. And I just think that's the better move. Uh, but they still got seven draft picks. I mean, that's nuts. Yeah. Uh, so I like the package. Do I think they got enough for James Harden? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, because I assume that Philly, like, probably backed out of the trade because I, I, I think that the Rockets would have accepted that deal if it would have been a Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey thing because I'm pretty sure that's what they wanted. I assume that Philly backed out because, I don't know, Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey, I like that package more than I like the eight first-round picks. I mean, I Me know too. that that sounds crazy, but like I said, you're just with those eight first-round picks. You're hoping that one of them turns into a Ben Simmons, where you could have just gotten. I mean, I would do James Harden for Ben Simmons. Like I, w- I would do it with no picks attached. Like obviously, I don't think the money would work there, but I think that package is better than the eight first-round picks. But just because they, they have also a, got Vo, yeah, they also got Victor Oladipo, which you know doesn't really help their future at all. I mean, he's a no. he's a, you know entering uh, unrestricted free agency this off season, and I don't know how much money he's gonna want. Um, I think it was reported that he de- declined an extension that was offered to him from the Pacers at starting at like twenty five mil a year, which is I don't know if I don't Oladipo's think he's worth, worth that, that anymore. I don't think he's worth that. I mean, anymore. I would say 25 mil probably max, you yeah, know, but starting at 25 mil mil means probably ending at like 30 mil, mm-hmm. you know. So, but I mean, I'm interested to see how this new tree or just this new look Houston Rockets team does because I I'm happy for the Rockets at least. You know, now it seems like they're all they're all in now. Mhm. Me too. Uh and they 
their GM really fixed the issue that they had of the no assets that you can yeah. trade. Uh, I mean, how many picks does he now have? Just, I mean, just these seven. Didn't he make another trade? Oh, Westbrook. Yeah, they got the one pick from yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, he's just getting more assets, so mm-hmm. he instantly fixed the problem. Yeah, I mean, and technically they have, uh, they technically have the Pistons pick this year, uh, lottery, lottery protected. protected, which obviously is. Probably not going to go to the Houston Rockets yeah, as the we'll Pistons probably get that will one. be in the lottery, I assume. Unless they'll get our next year's pick. Which, no, that's not how it works. Oh, I thought next year. No, it turns top. it turns into two seconds. Oh, yeah. The like those are only like the top when it's like top five protected. Then it turns into top three, and then it oh, turns into okay. unprotected. Yeah. So lottery protected picks are like pretty much worth nothing. Which okay. Is, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Did um, you, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean the Rockets. Do you think this Rockets team can make the playoffs? You know, with mm. Wall, Oladipo, um, I assume P.J. Tucker is going to get dealt at some point. He's pretty much shown that he's unhappy in Houston as well. But Christian Wood is kind of the centerpiece of this team now. So Yeah, uh, and him being the main folks, I don't think he's just experienced enough to be the best player on mm. a playoff team in the West right now. Yeah. Uh, in past years, maybe they make the playoffs, but... This is a loaded Western Conference right now. I mean, the Spurs are in the playoffs yeah. right now. But there's also a lot of teams that were supposed to be pretty good that, that aren't, aren't doing very well. Like the Pelicans. The Pelicans, yeah, the Grizzlies. The uh, oh, not the Wizards. Not the, the Wizards, but um, there's a I just can't. It's hard to think of some on top of my head. I mean, like the Jazz are doing really yeah, good, the though. The Thunder are doing solid. The, yeah, the Suns are doing well. Um, I think I can't think of really any other team. I can, like, look up the standings real quick while we talk. I mean, the Kings aren't bad either. The Warriors have stepped up their mm-hmm. game. I mean, this is a low to the West. I just don't think the Rockets are good enough top to bottom. Yeah. Because even their starting five has a glaring hole at the small forward position. Yeah, their wings are just a little... I mean, the shooting in this lineup still is a, is in question, you know, because... Big time. There's just not a lot of shoot. Yeah, right now in the West, it's... Uh, Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, Suns, Blazers are the top five, and then the rest is loading. But so yeah, the West is is loaded right now. And like the Mavericks, yeah, they're another team that mm-hmm. isn't doing as well as everyone thought. Um, but yeah, the Rockets, I think that they could make a playoff push. Me and Jagger were talking about this the other night, though, about about Christian Wood, like how how like much it hurts to see him doing so well. Like it's, I love seeing him do well, obviously, but like. It stings to see him do he, this. He well. should have been a piston. Like yeah. he should be with pistons right now. Um, and it's it's just it's awful to think that we could have really had him and Jeremy Grant. Mm-hmm. Here is the question. This is a little off topic. We'll get back to the James Harden trade, but so let's let's say that the Pistons um get Christian Wood on the same Jeremy Grant deal, three years, sixty million. Yep. Um, but we can only get Jeremy Grant or Christian Wood. Every other piece we get, we still have. So like. Let's say we, we so just one of them. Yeah, like if you if you could got only one of them based on what we've seen from Jeremy Grant, because obviously Jeremy Grant has definitely been been great. better than expected. Yeah, yes. he's been super good. So this season. I mean, who would you have rather got done a deal with him free agency? Because there's pros and cons to both. Yeah, and I'm probably gonna go with. I don't know if Christian Wood is better than Jeremy Grant, or if he's in a better spot than Jeremy mm-hmm. Grant. Uh, Jeremy Grant has really impressed me this season. And I can say that with Christian Wood, too. Like, I definitely wish we would have kept him. But I honestly think Jeremy Grant is the better move because I think he's more versatile than yeah. Christian Wood. Like, he does more. And <clears throat> I don't know. It's I mean, just, Jeremy Grant plays point guard for the Pistons yeah. a lot. A lot of times. And he can play the four. The Pistons will run. 
I mean, like, obviously I'm not saying he actually plays point guard, but, I mean, he'll bring the ball up the court. He'll be the ball handler and pick and rolls. The Pistons will run out lineups where they have no guards in there. Like, mm-hmm. literally, Josh Jackson is, is the shortest guy out there. And he's six foot eight. So yeah, so I'm probably taking Jeremy Grant just because of the versatility mm-hmm. that he brings. But I mean, the fact that we could have both yeah. of them. But if we have both of them, if we have both, are of them, we a better team? If we have both of them, obviously neither of them are as good. They're not as good. You know, yeah. like they're. I mean, maybe Christian Wood, but Jeremy Grant. I mean, Jeremy Grant is averaging almost twenty five points a game right now. He's averaging like twenty four point eight. I'm pretty sure, which so, is nuts. And at that point. We're better than a number. We're better than a bottom three team. Not league, really, right? though. Not. I don't. I wouldn't think so. You think we're still because bottom three? Because if if we got end up getting both of them, that means no Plumley. Yeah. That means no. Um. What's another deal that probably Okafor? Because we have to make up the money to get Christian Wood. What Delon right? Um. We probably don't make. I mean, we traded for Delon right, so that oh, trade yeah. probably still happens. But we would work a way around the money to make sure to get them both. But the re- thing with me about the Christian Wood Jeremy Grant thing is. I do think Jeremy Grant has been better than Christian Wood. Um, but I was it's this is kind of like weird to say like it's it's kind of complicated but for for me as a Pistons fan, Jeremy Grant, I don't see him as a part of the future of the Pistons whereas if Christian Wood was, I I see him as a guy who a piece that we build around for the future. Jeremy Grant to me is nothing more than a trade piece in a year. Like he's just now. gonna stay here. Like and he's gonna stay here it. and play good for a year and then get traded for a pick and a young guy in a year. That's just kind of what I see Jeremy Grant as. Which, if we want to keep Jeremy Grant for a long time, sure I'll do it. I mean, yeah, I like him. He definitely could be a great piece to a championship team and like you know, but. The Pistons are very far from a championship team. Yeah, so. exactly. They're like your last piece of the puzzle. Yeah, he is the he's not the first piece. And so that's yeah, that's I would probably take Jeremy Grant, but that's just a a side piece. I mean, the Pistons are the worst team in the East right now at two and nine, the only two win team in the entire NBA actually. So that's yeah. good news. Um, I mean, they're the worst team in the league, pretty clearly. Yeah, but Christian Wood has been. Very good for the Rockets, and I think that he is going to be an all-star someday. I really do think that he mm-hmm. will make an all-star game. And, hell, Jeremy Grant might make an all-star team. This Probably not, just because the Pistons are so bad. But, but I'm I'm definitely, like, it's nice because I'm rooting for Christian Wood right now. And I'm I'm hoping he does good, but it's like you said, it just, it's hard. It does hurt. Like, that thing LeBron said about him the other day was, like, yeah. watch out for that guy. He's a problem. Like, and it's like LeBron. But LeBron LeBron's also. LeBron's noticing him. Like, Remember a couple of years ago when LeBron played the Pistons in the first round? And he just like praised how like hard they fought and everything. Yeah, and I do remember that. Them. Yeah, they swept them, but every game was close. Yeah, I remember that because I was in Philadelphia during that series. You were in Philadelphia. Yeah, I well, went I for band. I was, I, was a, <laughs> I was a freshman. Yeah, I remember that because I couldn't watch any of the games, so I just had to look out my phone, and they were every game was close. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's the Pistons are. Because there's another Pistons thing that I know where we kind of went off topic to the Pistons here, but I'm cool with talking yeah, about, the Pistons, too. I love talking about the Pistons. Um, Tyrese Halliburton, seeing how oh, well, dude. seeing how well he is doing, pains me. Dude, like, I said, it, oh my I gosh. said it on draft. Oh night. my gosh! Like, oh, we both did immediately. I was like, we took. I had him Tyrese over Halliburton Reese. as my number four ranked player in the class. I'm pretty sure. I said over over Tyrese, and then it, it's clearly the. I I think at this point you can say it's probably clearly the wrong pick. I mean, like, not that Killian Hayes is a bust or yeah. he'll be bad, but I think Tyrese Halberton has already it's shown me he'll be he, better. Yeah, and the thing—I mean, I think I guess they probably just wanted to go with a true point guard, which is whatever. But 
I've I've yep. I think you, I said this yeah, to you, you last, last night. night. Like yep. as of right now, the Pistons would have the number one overall pick. I obviously we don't know how it's going to be by the time the draft lottery comes, but. I mean, Cade Cunningham is the ideal player. I think he probably is the number, the consensus number one overall pick at this moment. It definitely could change, though. But Tyrese Halliburton next to Cade Cunningham is so much better than Killian Hayes and Cade oh. Cunningham in the backcourt. It's almost like the Pistons. Because Reese is such a good combo guard, and he plays off the ball much better. And it's like I said, I'm not trying to hate on Killian Hayes. Mm-hmm. He's been hurt, and he hasn't really played much, so I can't. I can't already say he's a bust or anything, but it's just... Tyrese looks so good. Yes, he just looks so good. And, no, and I completely agree. It's like we were planning on being a good team, like, this year. Like, we weren't going to have no... Like, I almost think that's something you plan in the future. Oh, let's get a guy who's going to fit next to maybe this guy. Because I just don't think killing it... And, and the thing everybody is, Everybody thought killing if we don't get, But the thing, to get Cade Cunningham, though, we'd have to get the first pick. Yeah, you pick. have to get the first pick. Whereas... It's kind of unrealistic to just say you're going to get the first yeah. pick. Whereas we get a guy, we get the second or third pick, we get Jalen Green. Like, I would love, Jalen Green next to Killian Hayes works, works fine. Jalen exactly. Green is just a pure scorer. Mm-hmm. You know, we get, I mean, even Evan Mobley to play a center. Yep. I mean, I know we have Plumlee for a while, so I would I, I would want to like, get a two-guard. I, I would think of a guy get, who, like, dropped just now, BJ Boston. Yeah. Like, he would fit perfectly next to Killian Hayes. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to draft him within the top no, five No, no, pick, no, no, no. I get what you but mean, But, like, though. at the start yeah. of the year, we were right. thinking he might be. And I would love for the Pistons to have two first-round picks in this draft. I know we had three last year, but I would love for them to acquire a second first-round pick. Uh, whether it's a D-Rose trade or... And that's the thing, too, like, I just don't know what the move is with Derrick Rose. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know if we're going to deal him at this point. Or Blake. Well, Blake, I mean, D. Rose is the one that I'm, because I don't know if we can deal Blake. Yeah, I don't know I don't if anyone know wants Blake. Him. But D. Rose, maybe, Blake will probably be someone who we can trade next year because he'll be, like, next offseason because he'll be on an expiring deal after this year. So, But do you think teams are scrambling for one more good player now that they see the Nets? I mean, not right now, but... Like, let's say the Nets start killing At the deadline? Yeah, Yeah. I could see that. I could see the the Lakers like, oh my God, we need a guy. We might need Blake. Or, you know, mainly probably an Eastern Conference team. Like, man, we might need Derrick Rose to come. Like, the Miami Heat, you know, especially with Dragic Mm -hmm. being hurt, they could use a guy like Derrick Rose. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I would love for the Pistons to move Rose. Uh, not till the deadline, though, because obviously he needs to get his trade value up. He, he hasn't been playing the best, not the worst either. He's kind of taking a backseat. And the Pistons haven't played in, like, almost a week now just because mm-hmm. of uh, all these games getting postponed. But hopefully that can happen soon. Oh, that was one more thing I want to put in the news, that Cat got uh, COVID. He yeah. tested positive. Prayers which, up for Cat. For real. I mean, he's already dealt with so much through with COVID and everything. I hope that he can, especially he just came back from an injury, too. So I really hope he can come back soon. So are we ready to get back into the, the yeah. James Harden trade? So, yeah, I mean, obviously Ben Simmons, I think, would have been a better deal for the Rockets. But I do want to say, would you, at, with the Rockets, I mean, obviously they chose Oladipo over Karis LeVert. How do you think Karis LeVert is going to do, you know, in Indiana with with Brogdon in the backcourt and, you know, with that starting five? And would you have rather had LeVert over Oladipo in Houston? In Houston, I would have rather had LeVert. Mm-hmm. In Indiana, I would also rather have had LeVert. <laughs> I think LeVert is probably the, I don't know if he's the better player, but LeVert's scoring is pretty, I mean, he can score the ball And he very can assist well. the ball, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's already had multiple double-doubles this year. And I really like him in Indiana. I like Karras. I think that works. I think it makes sense with him next to Sabonis and Miles Turner and TJ Warren and Malcolm Brogdon and the Holiday. Like, I just see mm-hmm. it working. And But Karras LeVert, in Houston, 
I think you can almost put too much attention on him with the pieces around him. Uh, yeah. Shooting the ball-wise. Uh, you're looking at a guy like John Wall who can't really shoot. Uh, Boogie, who, I mean, yeah, he might shoot, but he's not a shooter. Yeah. Uh, Daniel House isn't a shooter. so He's a corner three shooter. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's yeah, not enough to take attention off of Karis LeBert. Right. Where I think you go down to Indiana, and they're all decent enough shooters where they can take pressure off, especially Sabonis. I mean, he's not really a shooter, but mm-hmm. And that, this part of the move just came out of nowhere, too. Like, I mean, I didn't expect Oladipo to get traded after everything that happened, but... I didn't expect Cleveland to be involved. I know, too, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they got Jared Allen out of nowhere. Um, I assume Jared Allen probably isn't going to play that much the rest of this season. I'm not saying he's going to get five minutes a night. Like, he'll probably still play 20 minutes a game, but... Because Drummond, I assume, will be gone uh, next year for Cleveland. So Allen will take over as the future center. And they have, like we said, they have a nice young core in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, you know, Drummond went off last night, 33 and 23. Yeah. I mean, they need one more piece. He might, Drummond might even need be a guy on trade talks this off or uh, during the Oh, trade I could see a guy like Boston. I don't know how they make it work. I don't think they can make it work, though. That's the thing. They probably have to trade smart. Right? And, and, and they already have too many centers, too. Like, they'd have to throw Tristan Thompson in that trade, and why, why would he would get Cleveland traded back to Cleveland? Yeah. Thompson, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what other team would want Drummond, but I could I could see him possibly wanting a trade. Um, so now let's let's talk about Brooklyn. That This is the main piece. Obviously, they get James Harden. They give up their entire future. Um, so right now they have the big three of Kyrie, KD, and Harden. And then after that is the, where the question is. You know, it's, there's the big three, but then what else? Obviously, they still have Joe Harris, one of the better three-point shooters in the league. Landry Shamit, a very good three-point shooter. Jeff Green, who has been playing pretty well for this team. Timothy. DeAndre Jordan. Uh, who? Timothy. Oh, well, TLC, okay. yeah. I don't know how to say his yeah. name. Uh, TLC. But th- the supporting cast isn't the best, especially mm-hmm. defensively. There's just not a lot of defense. So the main question right now is, I saw them talking about this on first take. I thought we should as well. Is this season a championship or bust for the Brooklyn Nets? So this trade initially happens, and I come to the conclusion that I'm going to give them a season to grow. I do not think that's, they don't have time to grow. James Harden has this season and next season left on his deal. KD has this season and next season left on his deal. They're not going to be able to re-sign these guys. Resign all these guys. It is they can, both, they they own I mean, the rights, so they can go under. I mean, they can go under the ta- into the luxury tax for I mean, it. But you're going deep. But yeah, they already are deep. They have those three guys make more money than like eight teams' whole payroll. That's what so. I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like it's gonna be hard to just tell yourself to keep bringing because you're not gonna have anybody. Yeah, I mean because you you look at their team. I mean, it's not just they have those three contracts and they have. Joe Harris, who's making like $16 million yeah. a year. DeAndre Jordan is making over $10 million a year. So they already have a couple other big contracts other than those three guys. So, yeah, I really do think these next Dinwiddie two years too. are championship or bust for this roster. Next this year, year though, though? This year. This year is less of a championship or bust than next year. So is it or is it not? <laughs> it's finals or bust. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think I was going to—I don't think it's championship or bust— um, but I think it's finals or bust. I think this team, if this team doesn't make the NBA finals, it's the, it's one of the biggest chokes ever. Ever. Least. Cause this big three is nuts. Like it's, this big three is insane. And so we've discussed this. I, I don't it's, We've kind of decided that it might be the second best big three of all time. At least that we've gotten to see. Yeah. Behind, um, uh, we've decided Golden behind States. Golden State. I mean, KD's been a part of both of them, but yeah. I would say that Curry, Clay, and KD, was a better big three, but they also had just such a better because it was pretty cast. much a big four. Yeah, with, with Draymond. Yep. 
But I would say that big three is better than Harden, KD, and Kyrie. But we also have yet to see this new big three. Yeah, but we're just saying like pure yeah, talent. Yeah, on paper. Mashed. Yeah, on paper. Um, so what is what is the question mark for? Because obviously the question is, can this big three work with KD? and Harden and Kyrie that are all just prolific scores. They all are isolation players. They are all top five in the NBA for usage rate over the last, like, five years. Which is I saw nuts. that on ESPN. Like, in in the entire NBA, all three of them are top five. So, I mean, obviously they're going to have to change their play style a little, but who's, like, the, the piece that you're most, the player that you're most worried about fitting with everyone? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I don't think, I don't think you have to worry about Harden. I don't think you have to worry about KD. They've done it before. It's Kyrie who consistently has issues with the other superstars surrounding him. He couldn't do it in Cleveland. He couldn't be a Robin to LeBron. He didn't think he he thought he was too good to be a Robin. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets to Boston, can't do it alone. Just literally didn't, can't be the leader. Can't yeah. be the leader. Causes locker room issues. <clears throat> Comes to Brooklyn to be Robin again, and now he's the third option. And yeah. I saw the tweet. He <laughs> said he's Alfred now, <laughs> which is hilarious. That's good comedy. Uh, he, can he handle it? Like mentally, is that, is, can he do it? Cause he, his numbers are going to drop dramatically. I think with the addition of Harden. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I don't know if his numbers are going to drop dramatically. Like I still think all three of these players could be all stars, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think Kyrie is the, is definitely the player here that I'm just most worried about just because. I, th- I KD played with Curry. You know, I don't think KD is going to have a problem playing with Harden. And Harden has played with Westbrook last year, a guy who definitely has the ball in his hands more than KD and Kyrie Westbrook does. So I I definitely think Harden is fine, with, especially how much Harden wanted out of Houston to come to Brooklyn. I don't think he was going to willing to, you know, pretty much throw, you know, throw his whole team under the bus just to force this trade to come to Brooklyn and like not be able to mesh with them, you know, like exactly. he's, he's going to do issues. Yeah, exactly. He's going to do everything he can to make sure everything works, mm-hmm. but it's all about Kyrie. I, I don't know if, you know, Kyrie said he's excited about this, this deal. He's supposed to come back soon. And I don't, I definitely don't think at least on the court, they're going to be issues. It's off the court. Mm-hmm. Can Kyrie put aside all of these issues, all these off court issues that have been going on? Because on the court, I think they'll be fine, honestly. Me too. I don't see an issue. But we look at teams in the East, though. Like, what teams... Is there a team in the Eastern Conference right now with their current roster that would beat this team in a seven-game series? I I I asked myself the same thing. I said, what team in the league can beat this team? Beat just, this I'm team? just talking in the East right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I understand that. But I don't think so. I mean, yeah. the Bucks, maybe. I think the Bucks are like the the... The, if there is to be was it's, to be a team because Giannis you put Giannis on KD, but even then Giannis isn't going to clamp KD like there's no chance. Mm-hmm. Like KD, I think honestly will probably give Giannis like buckets. Like it is the depoy, but he's not really a guard depoy. Yeah, he's more of a big man depoy. So uh, he he'll be able to guard KD, but he's not going to be able to stop him. Chris Middleton on Harden, I think that works. And I then, mean, Harden's still going to get his 30 no yeah, matter yeah, what. Yeah. yeah, But I'm just saying, like, these are guys that can compete. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, you just need a defender on Kyrie. But who's guarding? But you got to look at it the other way around. Who's guarding Giannis? Who's yeah. guarding Chris Middleton? Who's guarding yeah. Drew Holiday? Yeah. Drew Holiday would probably guard Harden, actually, I would say. So who? Chris Middleton on Kyrie? Probably, yeah. I mean, you could do it either you way. Could do but it. They could just switch everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I because mean, the thing is, the Bucks do, they match Dante up well. The, the Bucks match up well against this Brooklyn team. They, they really do, you know. 
Brooke Lopez on the interior Dude, to block they, shots. The Bucks might beat this and, team. And the Bucks have a couple of years under their belt. And Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday has really shown like it was a good idea He's to bring all him in. here. And I think that I don't I don't think this wall technique is gonna work on the Bucks anymore. I really don't think so. Also, Giannis is shooting a lot more threes. Yeah. Well and he's just he's not to. making them. But like no. the fact that he is shooting them is like, okay, that's good because teams are you, you can't just build this wall and hit and him not shoot. Um yeah. plus the current standings in the East right now are the Celtics are the one seed. So I mean let's just go through every team and think can this team beat them? Celtics are eight and three, number one team in the East, haven't even had their star point guard Kemba Walker play this year. Could they? Yeah, maybe, but it maybe. really depends on how well you know. Obviously, JB Tatum and, and Tatum and I would say Tatum and Jalen Brown play. I mean, yeah. just because those yeah, are Kemba, their two yeah. stars. I mean, yeah, they, those guys they'd would have need to, to play very out. well. They'd have like, to play very well. They'd probably have to outplay the guys sitting across from, which is mm-hmm. almost. I don't think that team beats them. No, um, the Bucks. You're not going to outplay James Harden and Kevin Durant in summer. Yeah, but we would have said the same thing about Paul George and Kawhi last year with the Nuggets. We right. would have never said that the Nuggets, the Nuggets would, would outplay them yeah. in seven games. Yeah, and the, the Nuggets outplayed them in three games, pretty much. You know, yeah. coming back, but uh, the Bucks, though, we just talked about them. I do think the Bucks, honestly, the Bucks might beat them. The though. Bucks, the might Bucks have, match man. up very well, and oh. then on the offensive side, I don't know what Brooklyn does to yeah, stop it. You me know, either. the Seventy Sixers. This is a tough. This is an interesting no, one because they have two All NBA defenders. All defensive team. Who's the second one? Well, Joel Embiid's kind. I mean, he's a really yeah. good defender. Uh, yeah, he, he's a good defender. He's, yeah, not, he's, a, he's, better, not, he's a better defender. But who's he? he's going to be he's, guarding DeAndre Jordan, Jordan, though, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but, yeah, Ben Simmons, you probably throw him on KD, I would assume. KD or Harden. Cause you, and Matisse Thibel's going to have to start this series. Dude. You probably throw Matisse Thibel on Harden. Um, Simmons on KD. And then, you know, whoever on Your second Kyrie. year in a playoff, playoffs. And you're matched up against Harden or KD. Oh, imagine Lou Dort last year. He had to guard Harden in the first round as an undrafted rookie. rookie. And balled out. (laughs) He did decent. (laughs) Um, The Sixers are interesting. I don't think so, though. No, me either. (sighs) The Sixers are are one of those teams, though, that is one piece away from, Mm -hmm. like, a trade away. But I think they can be guarded. Like, I think the... They can be stopped. I mean, because like Seth Curry, you know, them. when healthy or without COVID, I guess, has been very good for them. But they are a trade away. And there's been, a, you know, Zach Levine has kind of been the primary trade deadline talk guy this year. I wouldn't expect or I wouldn't be surprised if Zach Levine gets dealt at the trade deadline this year just because he's going to be getting a max contract uh, next offseason. And he's only making like tw- a little over $20 million right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he were to go to, I mean, but I don't know what the package looks like Me for him either. to go to Philly. Probably you give up Matisse Thibel for sure. Thibel. Probably Shake Milton or Tyrese Maxey and a couple picks. I mean, yep. so that's not that. Maybe Tobias Harris, actually. I don't know. Ugh. But Tobias Harris has actually been fighting good yeah. this year. So. And then the other, I mean, the Indiana Pacers, I don't think no, so. absolutely um, not. The Magic, no. The Cavs, no. Man, the Hawks are the Heat. The, the Heat are the ten seed right yeah. now. Four, but I mean, they've played so many games without their full team. The Heat, no, I don't think so. This no. Heat team just is is it's a little different. The Raptors are still three and eight. Um, the Heat team was built for the bubble. Yeah, but the the most ideal finals though is is Lakers Nets. You know, oh. going into this year, even though I picked the Lakers to win it all, like I'm actually I was kind of fine if the Lakers don't, you know, because they won it last year. It would be kind of cool to see like. The Clippers go, or maybe see a like a like the Blazers or the Nuggets go. 
but now I want Lakers Nets like so bad. It would be, it'd be five of the top. What would we say? Five of the top twenty players. Five of the, the top twenty players and four of the top ten. Yeah, four of the top seven. Yeah. in the NBA, like not counting Kyrie, that's pretty nuts. That's nuts. <laughs> and but this is this is crazy because the NBA at the start of the year. We discussed that the NBA was the most balanced it's been in a long time. Mm-hmm. It is no longer balanced with Brooklyn being here. Brooklyn makes it. It's not like, I wouldn't say there's like a there above everyone, how like Golden State was, how there was Golden State and then everyone else, and you knew you knew Golden State was going to win it all. With Brooklyn, though, like we don't even know if they're going to make the finals. Yeah. And I, and but I get, it definitely does make it a little less balanced. We're also <laughs> saying we don't know if they'll make the finals before we've seen them play. After we see them true. play a few games, we might say, Never mind. There's no way this team loses. But that's but like think about Brooklyn to start the year though. They had their their two first games. They were looking like the best team in the league like yeah. easily, and then, and they, then just, they just were bad for like three straight games. So, like I said, I don't want to react to the standings too much. Once we're about like 20 games in, that's when I'm going to start taking them seriously. And like next Saturday, we'll probably do our first power ranking and everything. But I mean, is that are we good with the Nets? I mean, is there any other hardened things you want to talk about? Uh, no. Okay. I, I so one more player trade talk I want to talk about before we get into our list for today. Bradley Beal. Um, Bradley Beal is a guy who has been absolutely balling this year on a horrible Wizards team. They made that move to get Westbrook, and it. it I, I didn't see a world that this Wizards team didn't make the playoffs. You know, like mm-hmm. I just assumed this team would make the playoffs, and they're really bad. They're not very good. Bradley Beal has not requested a trade, and I don't think the Wizards want to trade him. But, I mean, teams might start a lot seeking of, there, him out. It's just been a lot of talk that Bradley Beal needs out. You know, you go on NBA Twitter, everyone's like, man, get Bradley Beal out of Washington, like it's, this and that. Teams, especially, like like I said, with especially with this Harden trade happening in the Nets, you know, becoming such a, a star-studded team, teams might want to make a move for Bradley Beal. Who's the main team you think that would be able to make a move for Bradley Beal that would make sense for them tracing a ring this year? I think the Nuggets. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. Coming 100%. right away, they're having a slow start. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jokic is balling. Yeah. Like, he is, like, MVP numbers. Yeah. Like, he's he's just his, doesn't, him his and team Brown. doesn't have the record yet. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, what are the Nuggets? Probably, like, five and six or... They're they're not the best right now. Like, they're they're six and six. You yeah. throw Bradley Beal in the mix of those Nuggets guys, obviously you're probably going to trade away... Michael Porter Jr. because yeah. Gary that, Harris maybe. Yeah, you're probably throwing MPJ, Gary Harris slash Will Barton and a pick or two. Yeah. Probably and, two. But I think your team gets substantially better with Bradley. Mm-hmm. And I love that roster. Because they they have such a like Michael Porter Jr. is just the perfect trade piece yeah. for for that. Because obviously like he could be a part of that team's future, but you're getting a guy like Bradley Beal, you're willing to give up a potential future star. Bradley Beal has proven that he is worth Michael Porter Jr. Oh yeah, this, and because I remember last I year, think he yeah, was. I remember last year we were like, I don't know, I don't, I like MPJ, I don't want to give him up, but now like if I'm the Nuggets GM, and obviously they probably would do that deal. It's all about Washington, but if that deal comes from Washington, I'm doing it in a heartbeat. Heartbeat. Oh, I wouldn't even think twice about it. You, you throw in bowl, bowl. That's fine. Throw I don't him even. In. I don't even think I'd put the phone down. And be like, let me go talk to my other people. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, we'll make that trade. Beep. Like I. Bradley Beal just, it all works. It fits so well with it Denver. It fits so like, well. Because you have the non-ball dominant Jamal Murray, who doesn't need I mean, like, need yeah, the ball. he's great with the ball, but he doesn't need it. No. You have Jokic, who is great with the ball, 
also doesn't really need it, but is also the best passer. I mean, I would say he does need it. He's like, like has the number one usage rate in the NBA. But, but I don't. I think he could play with a Bradley. Yeah. Bill oh, who for sure. For ball. sure. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And that pick and roll between those two, Would dribble dribble handoffs between those two. I mean, yeah, Jokic leads the league in assists. He's averaging a triple double right now. Like is he averaging like fourteen assists a game. He was he's averaging like not like I think like ten or eleven now. He was averaging like thirteen though. Um but yeah, like Bradley Beal, Jamal Murray would be in our top ten backcourts for sure. Oh uh, easily list. <laughs> but Oh my word, that backcourt would be nuts. A couple other teams I've heard is the Miami Heat, but it would be very difficult for them to pull off a trade like that without either giving up. You're either giving up Bam, or you're trading your entire young core. Yeah. Tyler and it's just Hero, like, would the Heat be Kendrick willing? Nunn. The Heat pretty much said they wouldn't trade Tyler Hero for nothing. Yeah, which is not <laughs> like because the thing is, if you don't trade Bam, that means you're throwing in Hero, none, Duncan, and a couple bad contracts. Yeah, Pre- like, you're throwing in Precious Achua. You're throwing in like two or three picks, and then at that point, it's just like, is it even no. worth it? Probably not. Give up um, four players for one. I don't think is. Can the Lakers put together a trade for Bradley Beal? I don't think. Not so. with and I don't in, think I would. Either. No, not with throwing in pieces that they got this season. Yeah, because this would team just be is wrong. This team's too deep. Yeah. Like, I feel like it'd be messed because up because you'd have to throw in Schroeder or Harrell. Yeah, or Harrell. Yeah, for sure. Like, and that'd be messed up to sign them. These guys, especially Montrez, mm-hmm. who just left your rival to come <laughs> play with you. If you seriously did that, that would be like... I don't think the Lakers will just because their team is pretty solid. I mean, they're yeah. the best team in the NBA right now record-wise, and they look, they, they've look they just been playing really well too. So, yeah, I mean, I, the Sixers are another team, but that's another thing where you're either throwing in Ben Simmons, and if you aren't throwing in Ben Simmons, you're giving up everything yeah. on your team, and it's just like at that point, is it worth it? Um, But the Nets do have... Some depth problems, and obviously they have three roster spots. Isaiah Thomas apparently has interest from several teams in the NBA right now. Uh, Jamal Crawford is another guy who the Nets might bring in. So a team that we we have mentioned, I don't know if it'll work, but just throwing it out there because I just thought of it. I was thinking of a team like the Nuggets who are just very deep, have a lot of assets. What do you think about, like, do you think the Hawks could build a trade without giving up too much, with how deep they are? And there are 11 guys deep. Wow, I didn't sacrifice three dudes. I mean, you throw in Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, and John. Or no, you Kevin probably, Herter. You probably you probably throw you probably do John Collins. They have so many young assets you could throw in this. Dude. Oh, John Collins is the perfect piece for this perfect. trade. John, I mean, and obviously, like I, if I'm the Hawks, I don't really want to trade John Collins. But if you don't want to pay him max money, then sure, trade him. And you've got one yet John Collins who hasn't played, and you have Gallo who hasn't really Dude, been playing. You trade John Collins. John Collins with. Cam Reddish slash DeAndre Hunter, probably Cam Reddish, along with like a pick or two. Yeah, or you could throw in Kevin Herter. Yeah, or you throw in Herter because you still have Bogey too. Like yeah, like and you're having you're bringing in Bradley Beal as another two guard. You probably throw in Kevin Herter. Yeah, I'd yeah. I'd say so. And that that works. The Hawks that's, definitely could put together a trade. That's not too a, a much. good offer, but it's just yeah. But then you just got to think: Are you giving up too much? Because that team is not in the playoffs right now. So getting Bradley Beal, where does that get you? But you are I giving think, up a lot of a lot of young assets, which they still do have good young assets yeah. on that team. Because then but, you still have Onyako Kongwu, Trey mm-hmm. Young, Bradley Beal. Because not then old. at that point you just have a lineup of. Because I don't know if they want to give up Cam Reddish or DeAndre Hunter. They both have been playing pretty well. Uh, but you have a lineup of Trey Young, Bradley Beal. Let's say they give up Cam Reddish. So you have DeAndre Hunter at the three, Gallo at the four, Capella at the five with a with a bench of Rondo, Rondo, Chris Dunn, Okongwu. Uh, Bogdanovich. I didn't Dude. even say his. 
That team is that team's good. I, that team's good. Do you think Beal starts at the three? You no. start Bogey. No, I think you bring Bogey off the bench. I think you have to start DeAndre for defense. That is that is a nuts roster. Yeah, like that roster is so. That roster is definitely a, a second round playoff team. Like oh. winning a playoff series, yeah. probably. Like they should. They should. Yeah. yeah, and that's all you want. And the thing is, you bring all those guys back next year too. Dude, that team is nuts. We haven't even seen that's Okongwu play. That's gotta be interesting. I mean, that's that's some. I don't think Bradley Beal will get traded during this year unless he, you know, forces his way out of Washington, which I don't really see him doing. But he just doesn't we'll seem see. like he's that kind of guy. Yeah, like he, he hasn't and, shown and that. He, the thing is, he probably would have done it by now. Yeah, I think. You know, I mean, they traded his best friend John Wall away, <laughs> and he still hasn't requested a trade. So, yeah. Uh, but I I was just thinking about that. That's it. No, that I definitely like completely wasn't even thinking about them. That's a good. I mean, another team that you could is the um New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, it's yep. that's a team that always has a bunch of young assets. A guy like Lonzo Ball is a is a tr- main trade candidate right now. You can build a trade around him. Obviously, they have Westbrook, so I don't know how much they would want to be willing to do that trade. But they they have a guy like Nikhil Alexander Walker who has been playing really well. Imagine a big three of Beal, Zion, and Ingram. You, and the Pelicans would have to give up a lot. Actually, yeah. I don't know if they could pull off a Bradley Beal trade because you'd have to you'd have to throw in Naw, Lonzo, Jackson Hayes, and then where's the money coming Steven from? Adams. You probably got to throw in Stephen at, but and then you just traded for him and extended yeah. him, so they're probably not. And, you're, trade and that's just you're yeah. The Pelicans at that point you do don't have trade. a bench. Yeah, like and there's no rush with the Pelicans either. There's no rush for them to. <clears throat> to just become Compete. a com, uh, a playoff team, dude. So. I seriously, think the Hawks are the perfect team to go after Bradley Beal. They are like it just works. It, the it whole really roster, works. and they can wait till do it till the off season too. Like yeah. they don't have to do it right now. They can let their young guys develop this year. See if you want to keep trade them. See if you want to get rid of John Collins and maybe roll with Oconquo. The thing is, oh, but the thing like, is, no, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to trade in. Or you're gonna have to trade Collins before the offseason though, yeah, because he's he's, gonna want to he's a free agent in the offseason. Yeah. So you'll have to do it by the deadline. Because I do think I don't think they can pull off a trade without giving up John Collins. And I don't think I wouldn't if I'm the Hawks, I don't want to pay John Collins. I mean, I wanna I would pay him, but I don't know if I I would He okay, wants the max though. If I'm the Hawks, I wouldn't pay John Collins. But let's say for instance, like he the, they don't want to pay him max money, and he enters restricted free agency, and the Pistons offer him a max contract. I would so do it. Oh, me too. But for the Hawks' sake, probably not too because much money you have to, have to you have to give. Tra- they still have to pay Trey Young. Trey yep. Young hasn't been paid yet, so they have a lot of guys on on rookie deals still. Yeah, and that's just it. you have to start paying them. So overpaying him mm-hmm. right now. Might be the move. Yeah. And I and just a little disclaimer. I know I keep mentioning Okongwu. We don't even know how good he is. He might yeah. not even be. Yeah. I mean, we, we just was, haven't seen him yet. We so haven't seen him. Why, he was yeah. a number four, six. Pick, six pick in the draft. So he should be good, but we haven't seen him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he literally, this Hawks team is so fresh. There are so many guys who we don't even know if they're good right now. Like, yeah. Just nuts. And Trey Young does need to, uh, pl- I mean, not, I wouldn't say play better, but he just hasn't been playing as good as we expected him mm-hmm. to, but neither of the entire Atlanta Hawks. So are we finally ready to hop into our top 10 backcourts in yeah. the NBA? Um, this, we haven't done a list in a while. This one's going to be interesting because 
me and Easton discussed. There's a have you like seen my list? I just realized it's been sitting. In no, front I haven't. Of okay, but like, there's a lot of situations where there's one guy who's like the superstar, and then his backcourt partner is just like an average player. So does he belong in this list? So is their backcourt better than somebody else's backcourt? Who has two good guys? Yeah. You know. So do we? Do we want to say honorable mentions right now? I don't have any honorable. Okay. I didn't even write them down. I do, but I will. I will not say them okay. if you don't have any either. So let's let's just get ready. This Matt, is by hard. the way, backcourt. In case you don't know, is a point guard and shooting guard, or just the the two guards of the lineup. So it's not. This isn't like the the best duo of each team. It's just the point guard and shooting guard of yeah. each team. And. That's just it. I, I base we are not including on, injured players. So Kemba Walker is not in this. Clay Thompson is not in this. That's pretty much it, I think. That, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So my number 10 is difficult because it's one of those things where it's one good player, <clears throat> one eh player. Uh, one good player this year, really. Uh, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart at number 10. Jalen Brown's been playing really well this season. Uh, Marcus Smart is just still Marcus Smart. I think they work as a backcourt more than anything. They're a good tandem. I got them a lot higher than number ten. Really? Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think that's a. I like that backcourt a lot. And if Kemba was here, that backcourt might be even higher. But I mean, Marcus Smart is still a very good. That that's one of those where I thought there was two really good players, especially because of how Jalen Brown has been playing. Uh, so I got them a little higher. My number ten is one of those where there is one really good player, and then the other guy is just like he's all right. It's Luka Doncic and Josh Richardson. I got hmm. them at number 10. Um, they would be an honorable mention. For yeah, and, I, right, that's, right and I'm just going to say, too, I, for number 10, it was between them and Pat Bev and Paul George. That was my number <laughs> yep. 10. But I didn't want to put them on there because it's like, like it's just Paul George it's and then just Paul George. There. It's just because Paul George is Yeah, there. exactly. And that's just like, that's not the point of a backcourt. You know, we're saying that what is the best one, so... I got Luca and Josh Richardson at ten. Josh Richardson, I do think, is better than Pat Beverly, so that's why I included them at number ten. And I could probably, in all honesty, because Josh Richardson is—he's a solid player. I mean, for sure, he's I averaging could, like at thirteen points a game this year. I could switch nine and ten and be okay with it. Uh huh. And I could probably switch ten through eight. So, but I'm not. But I did. Yeah. So this is what I have. Uh, this is crazy. Actually, this is wrong. I put Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell above at number nine. But and Mike Conley has not been doing bad this year. He's been actually been having a pretty good year. They've just been a good backcourt yeah. this year. Uh, that's another one that I have. I have a little higher. I mean, I'm wondering. I'm starting to think of which ones I have, like that. Like which ones of yours are pretty high that I just forgot because I have those two pretty high. Um, you have them at number nine though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty, maybe. I forgot a, it's a about some backcourt, but, but no, I mean I'm gonna forget about someone. Oh that's, yeah, yeah. If you have them super high. So number nine for me is a younger backcourt in the NBA. One of one of the funner ones to watch. Uh, it is De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald at See, number nine. And this is where I've got them higher. You got them higher than Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell mm-hmm. and uh, JB and Marcus Smart. Yeah, and the next two guys. What? Yeah, really. Uh, I really like. I just think that backcourt needs more on their roster. Yeah. I but this is just about the – this the has nothing court, to do with wins or talent. anything. Yeah, this is about the talent of the backcourt. Obviously, Jalen Brown is better than Buddy Heald. But I think – and I don't. but I don't think it's like leagues and leagues better. 
But Fox and Smart, I think Fox is a lot better than Smart. Yeah, I I would I definitely I would say Jalen Brown yeah. is leagues better than Buddy Heal. Yeah, but I think the difference is less than I mean, Fox. Yeah, and, Smart. and I and I do like the combo of De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heal because Buddy Heal brings the athleticism and the quickness, mm-hmm. the and handles, the and then Buddy Heal brings the shooting and scoring aspect. Yep. So I love that they're a very fun duo to watch, and I'm actually kind of happy Buddy Heal didn't force his way out of Sacramento because. He's been doing pretty good for them, and yeah. so is De'Aaron Fox. And Sacramento's, I haven't watched them, but apparently they're fun to watch. They're, no, they, I've watched a couple <laughs> Sacramento games. Um, I just had the Western Conference standings pulled up, and I wish that— Are they at would, the bottom? They're, I don't think they're doing bad. I mean, I know the worst team in the West is uh, the Timberwolves, but which is funny because their pick is top three protected. It's not going to load, so let's just move on to number eight. Number eight is somebody I know you have a lot higher than me. Okay. Like, I know right away. Oh, I know who it is. I know who it is already. I know, I'm going to say it yeah. so you don't say it yep. so you don't look like an idiot, but yep. Simmons and Seth Curry. Oh, okay. Nah, they need, they need to make my list. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> uh, Simmons and Seth Curry are, a I think, a perfect world duo, a perfect world backcourt. You have Simmons who can't shoot the ball, literally doesn't shoot yeah. the ball, and you just paired him with one of the best spot-up shooters in the league who also hilariously is not a good defender. Which Ben Simmons is incredible at. Yeah. He's the best defender in the league. Kings are five position. and eight, by the way, number thirteen in the West. Okay. Um, yeah, I, Simmons and Curry was one of them that I put on my honorable mentions list and one of the five that I have on there. And I've and got I, Fox and Heel above them. Yeah. I feel like look now looking at my honorable mentions list, I guarantee there's one that I'm looking at right now that I know you have like pretty high just because you're fans of both of them. But uh yeah, I mean Simmons and Curry was one that I kind of thought of putting at number 10 as well, but I just didn't. I mean, I, I probably should have, but I, I just didn't. I mean, I don't really have a reason for it. Um, so what number was that? That was my eight. Okay, my number eight is a brand new duo that I expect to be pretty good. It's Malcolm Brogdon and Karis LeVert at number mm. eight. Uh, I didn't include them yeah. because I hadn't seen them play. Yeah, exactly. But there is an, ex- I, I yeah, have an exception. What, what's the other one we haven't seen play? Uh but I think Brogdon Levert is going to be nice. Brogdon is doing the same thing he did last year where he starts off the year absolutely incredible. Last year, he definitely, like, died down a little bit. But I I think he's going to—I mean, he could be an all-star this year. Oh, especially if the Pacers stay in this top four of the East like they are. Because Sabonis is easily going to be an all-star this year, like 1,000%. Brogdon probably won't be an all-star, but um, I like Karis Levert a lot. He's on my fantasy team. And this duo is, I I expect them to play really well together. Yeah, and I also didn't put John Wall and B.O. I don't think they would have made the they list. They were on my honorable mentions but list. But like, I didn't put either one of them. Yeah. Like, I didn't consider them just because I, I hadn't seen yeah. them play. Mm-hmm. So I really, I am sure the other two will probably be okay when they're on the court yeah. together. Uh, my number seven was Buddy, Darren Fox and Buddy Hill. Okay. My number seven was Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. Okay, so fresh. Yeah, and, and, and Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell are... They're a good duo. I, I kind of expected them to be higher on this list, honestly, but when Me I too. went in, going into it, and oh my God, I got to say, I looked up something that was, I just looked up on the internet, top 10 backcourts in the NBA, just to like see what they'd say, and it was uh it was going into the 2019 season, or the 2019-2020 season, so like the year, like that, going into last year. Yep. Guess what was number two? I don't know. Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday. No it was way. made by a New Orleans Pelicans like s- fan page, though. They <laughs> had them at joke. number two. That's a joke. Yeah, you lost all credibility. Yeah, like I don't like, care. Like over Dame and CJ because number one was Stephen Clay. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, number six. My number six is uh, not a brand new duo, a second year duo, Sexland. 
uh, Colin Sexton and what? Darius Garland. Oh my god! Oh my god! You, you have them higher? No, they're not on my list. You didn't put them on your list, dude. They're not that good they're yet. Balling. They're better than Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. This year? No, they're not. Darius Garland has missed like the last week and a yeah, half. But, like it's not like I'm not gonna like. Yeah, I know, but I mean they're not. They're good, but they're not like that good. I knew you were gonna have them on here though. That's <laughs> that was the one I was saying. Like you just knew I like. Oh them yeah, both. they're on my honorable mentions list, but and I thought about putting them at ten, but like even Darren Fox and Buddy Heald, I'm taking over them. See, I, I don't sure. think I am. Oh, all day I am. They they have you have them above. Above J- Jalen Brown and, and Marcus Smart, the too. thing about it is it's it's about the both of them being good. Like you know what I'm saying? It's like it's the two for the price and, of one. I don't know how to describe. <laughs> it. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, I have Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart at number six. Okay, and yeah, I just that's where I have them. We already talked about yeah. them. Top five. So we we should have five brand new names. Actually. I have five brand new names, none that you've said. So I, I don't have know. five brand new yeah, names. Yeah, okay. I just, you've said. Yeah. Uh, my number five is a duo that has. Hmm, I want to. Uh, how do I intro these guys? They haven't played well this year, uh, at all. Uh, number five is Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet. Uh, they did. They are two years off of winning the championship together, though. Uh, yeah. as that backcourt. So, but they are still in a, a elite backcourt. It's the problem with the Raptors right now isn't with the roster. It's just they're not playing well. Yeah. And they've lost two games in a row by less than two points. Two mm-hmm. points or less. Uh Pascal Siakam has missed two game winners in the past week. So Yeah. Uh they should be better, obviously. And that's why I have them so low. If they were better, I think eh, no. They're right where I think they should be. I think, no, I, I got them at five as well. I think they're right where they need to be, honestly. Like, even if they're playing, and it's not like they're playing, like, god-awful this year. The whole Raptors team just isn't playing well. But even if they were playing better, I would still probably have them here at five. I don't see them overtaking any of them. Yeah. We might have the same top five. We have the same top five players. I don't know about order. It, we might have the same one. And, no, we're not going to. We always say that. But, yeah, I have Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet, one of my favorite backcourts in the NBA for sure. But, yeah, I think they fall perfectly here and because I just think the other four duos are better. Yeah. Uh, my number four is a uh, new duo, first-year duo of D-Book and Chris Paul. Uh, I, I love this duo right away. I thought it would make uh, Devin Booker a much more efficient scorer playing with a guy like CP. And it just takes a lot of pressure off of Devin Booker, who mm-hmm. literally since he's been in the league, there's been complaints about him not having a point guard who can take the pressure off of him. And Devin Booker pretty much has just played point guard his whole yeah. career. I mean, he he's, you know, Rubio was, I will say Rookie Rubio was pretty good with them. But other than that, I mean, he was running, I, I forget who they even had. They had Elia Kobo. There's a, who else was playing point guard for them old Phoenix Suns teams? I mean, just not good guys. It was guys. bad, bad basketball yeah. players. Yeah. So I love D-Book and Paul. Uh, who's your number four? My number four is not CP3 and Devin Booker. It's uh, another first-year duo, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal at number four. Um, you know, they're the duo themselves uh, is they. I don't know. I mean, this team obviously it's damn good. The Wizards aren't like that good this year. I mean, they're pretty bad, like one of the worst teams in the league. Bradley Beal definitely is the headliner here. Westbrook is still putting up, you know, pretty good numbers, but is just, you know, he's. Is it translating to wins? Not really. This this backcourt isn't very good defensively. Um, but 
this the team success thing is isn't really about the duo. It's about everything else. And I'm not sure it's. But I take the talent of CP3 and Booker, at least of the duo themselves. I think they fit better together than Russ and Beal do. I'm just gonna say I have CP3 and Booker one spot above Beal and Russ. Yeah, I I have CP3 and Booker at three, just because I I do think that they are a better duo fit together Mm -hmm. at than Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. Me and I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I think so. But I think Beal and uh, Westbrook's talent exceeds. Chris Paul's and Booker's talent. Yeah, no, I agree too. I, I definitely, I would, I would agree. Pro- yeah, eh, probably. I mean, I would say I'm I taking mean, CP is... over Russ, probably, but yeah, but I'm taking Beal over Booker, like for sure. Yeah, oh, easily. Uh, and that's why I have them higher. Uh, Westbrook's still almost averaging triple double, twenty two, nine and a half, and uh, ten. Yeah, uh, and Beal's averaging like thirty three points yeah. a game. He's averaging a crap ton. I mean, he is league. he is nuts right now. Uh, <laughs> so I have them at number three. Yep. Uh, we top have, two. We have, I, we have the same top two. Uh, number two, I have Dam and CJ at number two. Who do you have at number two? I got Kyrie and Harden at number two. Really? Yeah, I'm taking Kyrie and Harden what? at two. Uh, sim- no. Yeah, I am. I am. Uh, you know, I don't know. the The thing is, it's it's probably really? a it's probably a situation where it's I haven't seen Kyrie and Harden yet. But Damon CJ is just like they no one they fit together so well. Like Steph and Clay, I think are the only backcourt that fits better together than Damon CJ. But Damon CJ just complement each other so well because they can just if one guy is you know what they just each go back and forth. One guy is the hot hand. Dame's taking over. All right, CJ, it's your turn. Especially the reason I took them over them is the way that CJ's been playing this year because both of them are all-stars this year. Like, because mm-hmm. Dame had a slow first couple games, and now, oh my God, Dame has been going nuts. I think he's the number one point guard in fantasy right now. CJ is like a top five shooting guard in fantasy, putting up crazy numbers. Obviously, Kyrie and Harden are going to be a great duo, and I am I have them at number two, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm taking Dame and CJ over Kyrie and Harden. I just, I can't imagine a world because, where I'm taking Dame and CJ over Kyrie and Harden. Yeah. I get it. Like even in like a like let's say we're playing two on two, like I'm taking Kyrie and okay, but yeah, I mean it's a little different, but no, I mean, not really. But I mean it's different. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I mean Kyrie and Harden are, I'm I'm trying to think of better backcourts to me. Steph and Clay are a better backcourt. Dude, I don't know. Kyrie and Harden is nuts, dude. It's nuts. Yeah, it They're is nuts. But defensively. They suck. But Dame and CJ aren't the best defensive. But Dame either, is pretty solid. I mean, he yeah, he's he's CJ probably the best. He's probably Dame's probably the best out of like the, the four. four. Yeah. But he's still not like great. CJ's probably the worst. Yeah, probably. Him or Kyrie. Yeah, CJ's. And not. probably Kyrie, actually. And I don't know. CJ's it's, not. It's tough. CJ's, CJ's a really bad. The thing defender. is, CJ and Dame, like, they're the same height. Like, CJ is only like six two, six yeah. three. And so they're, it's not like a point guard and shooting guard. They're pretty much just both out there together. Yeah, they're just playing. Yeah. It's like Lowry and Van Vliet. Yeah, They're exactly. just both point guards. Sexland. Mm-hmm. Colin Sexland yeah, and Darius Yeah, exactly. Um, but Kyrie and Harden, definitely, maybe in a week, I would, I'm would i going to look back and think, <laughs> hmm, that was dumb of me to pick that. But as of right now, I'm going Damon CJ just because of, yeah, I don't know. I just yeah. go with Damon CJ. So that works. Uh, that's our whole list. Yeah. my uh, The honorable mentions that I had that I didn't mention were because uh, I said Wall and Oladipo, Pat Bev and PG thirteen, Sex Land was on there, Trey Young and Bogey. I definitely expected you to have on your top ten. That uh, was one that 
I expected, but I, I just I don't, yeah, I don't think they're there yet. Yeah, I don't I don't think they're there yet. So I didn't pick them. Um, you could have went Trey Young and Cam Reddish, I guess, because Cam Reddish technically has been like the starting shooting guard all Still year. Still isn't. And then Drew Holiday and Dante Divincenzo, I had <clears throat> on my honorable mentions just because of how good of a defensive backcourt they are. So and and then Simmons and Seth Curry, obviously. So yeah, that was our top ten backcourts list. It was it's it was a tougher list. No, for sure. it is because uh, it's a lot about like I didn't think we'd look at it the same way. I thought you might have a duo like uh, I'm Jalen Brown and Marcus. I guess you did have him high just because yeah, of how good Jalen Brown and was. like if it's just weird because you can base it like we said you can base it off of the better actual duo or you can base it off of okay there's one absolute superstar with a guy that's. Not so like a Luca and Josh Richardson. Maybe some people would have them way higher. Mm-hmm. So like this, we might post this one on TikTok and we might get roasted for we it. We might get flamed. Oh, well, I <laughs> probably will. Eh, I don't know. A lot of people love Sexland. That's yeah. a big duo. Like yeah, people, but number six. They're no people are hype. More hype on Sexland. But there's no way they're better than any of the other ones I said. Better <laughs> than like even your honorable mentions. Maybe no, like of on my list. Like maybe. Brog- no, not even Brogdon Dude, and Levert. I'm than- taking Brogdon and Levert all day, every single day of the week against them. I'm probably taking Brogdon, yeah. <laughs> Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart would eat them alive in a 2v2. In <laughs> a 2v2. <laughs> now, now we're actually yeah, using that as the basis <laughs> yeah. for this but, discussion. Um, so, yeah, that's it for our NBA topic. You got anything else you want to talk about NBA-related? No, I think that about wraps yeah. up the NBA topic. So, uh, last thing I want to talk about is this whole Deshaun Watson situation. He had a tweet this morning that was something about two times out of ten or something, and it was it it kind of relates to what DeAndre Hopkins said when he got traded out of Houston. He kind of said like something about it. I don't know. It's Is I it can't. Play- I'd have like to find the, the tweet. Playoffs? No, it's it's like it sounds like a rap lyric. The way that he like tweeted it. It's I, Ian Rappaport quoted it with the eyes emoji, which kind of made me think, hmm, what the hell? But. Yeah, it's something about DeAndre Hopkins when he got traded out of Houston as well. Um, but there's been talk about it. Uh, Bart Scott the other day on Get Up, former uh, NFL player, was asked. Because this is, you know, with, like I said, we're going to talk about Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Urban Meyer's going into a pretty good situation in Jacksonville mm-hmm. where he's going to get the number one pick in the draft, most likely Trevor Lawrence. Not most likely. It's going yes. to be Trevor Lawrence. Um one of the most cap space in the NFL, probably top. They might have the most cap space, but definitely top three. A lot of young pieces on that defense with C.J. Henderson, Miles Jack, Josh Allen, just to name a few. Um, but they were asked, should Jacksonville and Urban Meyer trade the number one overall pick and probably another first, maybe a second, for Deshaun Watson? Hmm. So obviously, Trevor Lawrence yep. ends up in Houston. Uh. It's a it's good move. It's a great move for Houston. It's it gets you exactly. It's it's all about how good do they think Trevor Lawrence will be. Mm-hmm. That's what this trade is about. Because for Houston, yeah, you're getting rid of an unhappy Deshaun Watson for Trevor Lawrence, one of the best college football quarterbacks ever. Just straight yeah, up, ever one of the best quarterback prospects we've seen, like of all time. Like he's he's, he's, he's for sure he's for sure one of the best quarterback prospects coming out of college. Um, in in history for sure. Uh, and yeah, no, I think that trade makes a lot of sense if Jacksonville's afraid of taking Trevor. But I don't get why you would be. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence because you're not win now mode for Jacksonville. Here's the thing. I I agree with you. If I'm Urban Meyer, I'm not taking the risk 
of I mean it's not really a risk. Take getting drafting Trevor Lawrence is more of a risk I think than trading for Deshaun Watson. No, it is. But the thing is the reason why this is a, even a topic cuz you and me think the same thing, oh Trevor Lawrence, but Urban Meyer is coming out of college, never coached in the NFL. A lot of coaches who go from college to the NFL don't do though well. There's very few cases. Pete Carroll's one of the few guys who come out of college, go to the NFL, and are very good. Look at Chip Kelly out of Oregon when he went to Philly was Nick awful. Saban. Nick Saban was never good in the league. I mean, there's there's several uh what's the word? Um, I don't know. There's several things that like this. But Oh, situations. Situations like this, yes. So if you're Urban Meyer to kind of like show that, you know, at least right at the beginning, show that you're not gonna your job security is going to be well. You're trading that pick for a guy in Deshaun Watson who you know is going to be good. Oh, Deshaun you, Watson yeah. isn't going to get come to Jacksonville and be bad. You know, like you know Deshaun Watson's going to be a good quarterback. Whereas you draft Trevor Lawrence, and let's just say he's a bust. You know how much hate is going to go right to Urban Meyer, where like you turned Trevor Lawrence into a bust. Like, mm-hmm. like how could you know he was such a solidified prospect? Do you want to take the risk of Trevor Lawrence becoming a bust and losing your job in three years, or you get the the star quarterback right now because Deshaun Watson, he's only twenty five or twenty six. Like he's still a very top ten quarter, very young quarterback. Top 10. Yeah, unde- undebatably top ten. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I'm saying like you could for there, sure. There are people who debate him top five. Yeah, uh, undebatably top ten. Uh, but I'm still I don't think Urban Meyer cares about job security. Mm-hmm. I can't see him. I can't imagine a world where I trade like no matter what. Where I'm thinking, uh, you know what? I'm gonna take the safe route and take Deshaun Watson. When there's a guy like Trevor Lawrence yeah. sitting in front of him. And that's of me. the thing. Trevor Lawrence is 21. Like, he is a very young quarterback. He's four years younger than Deshaun Watson. Not going to be paid on a huge job. I mean, yeah, he's going to be and number one all pick, so he's going to be a pretty Jacksonville deal, isn't but. win now. Yeah, You're, exactly. You, you can let Trevor Lawrence grow Like for a I said, years. they have a lot of young pieces on this team, a lot of cap space that they can take advantage of. They can go out and trade for other players, or they can make you know just moves in free agency. I mean, there's a lot of good wide receivers in this class. You can draft Trevor Lawrence, go out and sign a guy like Juju or Kenny Galladay, mm-hmm. or you know just for an example, just to you add, have more, to, add more weapons to this team. They have to get a vet wide receiver. To I pair mean, they, with they already have a pretty good wide receiver core with Shark and Lavisca Chanel. And but I, mean, I want like yeah. a really good, like to just get him off on. Okay, we're not going to put you out there with three bad receivers. Mm-hmm. Not that Jacksonville has yeah. to. Like we're going to give you a stud to use, and they could use a good tight end as well. Uh, but Jacksonville, and, and it would also be a very ballsy move to come in as a coach and trade the number one overall pick with a guy like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Now, let's say the New York Jets get offered a deal like this to trade the second pick. I would do it because Lawrence is going to be off the board and taking a risk on a guy. I'm not saying the Jets are going to draft a quarterback, but taking a risk on Justin Fields and Zach Wilson or Trey Lance is much riskier than Trevor Lawrence. Like we've talked about it. I, the chances of Trevor Lawrence being a bust are are very low, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, like he's. I'm not saying he's going to be the best quarterback in NFL history, but he will probably be a a good, good quarterback. quarterback that lasts in the league for a while as long as no injuries happen. Obviously, but so it's it's very it's very risky to just not take Trevor Lawrence. I guess. Yeah, I know, and that's exactly it. it's it's such a risk not taking mm-hmm. him, and that's those he. he he could very well. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, you're fine. You, he could very well be like one of the greatest, most talented quarterbacks ever. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of football greatness comes down to rings. So talented versus greatness is a lot different. Yeah, but he could be talent wise. I mean, yeah, because you look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people will agree that Aaron Rodgers is a 
better quarterback than Tom Brady, but Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback yeah. because of his dominance. Yes. But um, there's Patrick Mahomes is easily the most talented quarterback in the league. Pro- yeah. Probably maybe ever. Maybe ever. Yeah. Like maybe. he is that talented. And I don't want to yeah, I don't want to say anything yet, but he's definitely not like he's not great yet. Yeah. He, I mean, he definitely he, could be like like Mahomes will probably at least make it to the Super Bowl another time. Oh yeah, but I don't know. The Chiefs have a lot of the the Chiefs are going. They have a small window of of being they of having years. all these weapons because they're going to have this Patrick Mahomes contract hasn't even kicked in yet. <laughs> yeah. it kicks in in like two years. But they have every player resigned for like three years, like three more. Yeah. Like Tyreek Hills and Travis Kelsey are there. I think they're Chris Jones anymore. is gone after this year. I think he's on the tag, but. Like that's what they I'm have saying. some of the worst contracts in the league. <laughs> Frank Clark is making an incredible amount of money for them, uh, you know the Honey Badger and everything too. But um, yeah, this whole Deshaun Watson situation, Deshaun Watson seems like it's. He, I don't know. I didn't think he was going to get traded. Maybe he will. That would have been funny if he like just got traded right now. Would that be crazy? I still think there's. I don't a lot think you can actually right now. Better destinations for Deshaun yeah. Watson. I still think yeah, San Francisco is probably the number one. Um, I Bears, don't. Colts. I don't. I don't like the Miami to a deal. Yeah. I don't think that makes any sense for either team. But the um, Niners, the Bears, and the Colts yeah. all work. Yeah, definitely. Like, and the Bears, I would hate to see. Man. They're probably want to have to all play Deshaun Super Bowl Watson contenders. twice. The Bears are probably the one that is. Is maybe because they still have a lot of questions because you know yeah, Allen Robinson's Allen Robinson's gone, gone so yeah. like they don't there's they that team doesn't have too many weapons after yeah, yeah. after Allen Robinson's gone so but they they would still be good like they would for oh. sure be a I mean they made the playoffs this year so we'll see um but yeah how much pressure is on Urban Meyer to to at least succeed in the NF in the NFL as a because he's you know one of the better college coaches we've ever seen I think there's a lot of pressure I mean you see a guy like uh when you when you bring in a guy who has already solidified himself as good, the pressure is more is greater. Uh, you see a guy like Matt Patricia comes in from the Patriots. We expect him to do great because he's coming from the Patriots. Yeah, you know he coached with Bill Belichick, especially being hired as a into a Lions organization that hasn't really been that bad in the past couple yeah, years. You know, like, like we're, starting, we're up starting to you know excel as a franchise. So he, there was a lot of pressure on Matt Patricia. Uh, but if you bring in a guy who's was previously good, the pressure is more than a guy who you're getting oh, a for shot. sure. Yeah, so that's why I think Urban Meyer has. A, I think he has a lot of pressure, and that's why I could see him maybe doing this deal because it's the pressure. safer option to get Deshaun. You know, Deshaun Watson's going to be good. Mm-hmm. You don't know a hundred percent that Trevor Lawrence is. We Trevor, can say ninety-five. You, have, you have a better ceiling with Trevor Lawrence because he's so much younger. And Deshaun Watson, you know, I don't know if we we know his ceiling yet, but I I would say Trevor Lawrence probably has a higher ceiling. I oh, but it's a way, a but it's but we know Deshaun Watson isn't going to be bad. So yeah. it's it's the safer pick for them to make the move, but it's up to and obviously it's not all up to Urban Meyer. It's you know front office and and management and everything. But yeah, we'll see. I'm excited to see. You know Jacksonville is in a very good situation right now. They have a lot of a lot of things going for them, and they don't have to be good right away either. But they're in a division that is, you know, with the Titans and Colts being pretty mm-hmm. good. It's they don't need to be good right now. You know they can they can stock up on their young assets, and we'll see how things go. And I'm so excited for this Birds game today. Mm-hmm. This Birdsville going to be a good time later too. So we'll, mm-hmm. I'll get to watch it when I get out of work. It's going to be awesome. So yeah, I think that pretty much wraps everything up for today. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday to get ready for conference championship round of the NFL. We'll see who's playing, getting ready to uh, game away from the Super Bowl. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. Peace. Peace.